The playoffs are set as RSL beat Portland on decision day, and I meet someone at Target. You're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. Everybody out there, um, you're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake podcast. Um, and I'm Dax talking right now. And this is Josh. Welcome back to a happy episode. Yes. So we'll we'll just uh we'll get right to it. RSL have clinched the seven seed in the West. You know, we beat Portland. We're in. That, that, it's just like last year. In fact, um, someone at work came up to me. Um, like he, I, I think he like briefly, you know, looks at soccer results, mm-hmm. and you know, and he talks to me about it because he knows that I'm I'm into it. And he's like, I heard that we made the playoffs in the last game of the season. And I'm like, yep just like last year. And he's like, that's not very, uh, um, what was the word that he used? That's not very, uh, uh, I forgot the word. Com- comforting, I guess is the right word. And I'm like, nope, yeah. no, it's not. But <laughs> we're in, we did it. We like to sweat and stress. Uh-huh. We are kind of a clutch team, though. It feels like, that's becoming a trait of RSL. The clutch fat they they got ice in their veins, the ice factor. Like yeah. And it, I don't have the exact stats, but I know of like the 15 seasons that we've been in MLS. We've made the playoffs in like I think 11 or 12 of those. That sounds about the number that was in my head was 9. But maybe I'm thinking of someone different. Yeah, it's like it's I, more than fifty percent. Don't quote us on this. I don't have it pulled up, and yeah. I don't care enough to look. But <laughs> yeah. we typically make the playoffs, and uh, at least the last few years we've had a good amount of success in the playoffs. So that's true. Last year was an insane run. Hopefully we right. can we can and do like, the same thing. And th- twenty nineteen we beat LAFC. That's true. And they that were the, they were the two. Were they the two? They were the. Uh, oh yeah, I think they were the two. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, and that's kind of the thing about the way that they do the playoffs here is that really this this I don't think the seedings matter like too much like they don't matter as much as they would in like you know the ncaa tournament or whatever like basketball tournament like yeah there's not much difference that separates the you know the seeds yeah completely agree but um that i mean that's just a product of not having as many teams but and there and then the fact that there are a lot of good teams that don't make the playoffs like you got right. like the best of the best in the playoffs and you know 
Yeah, there, there's a long history of really good teams not doing well in the playoffs. That's so. also true. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough, Seattle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so some other notable results. Uh, the Orlando-Columbus game was pretty entertaining. Um, that was entertaining. Columbus had the lead, and then Orlando tied it. But a tie would push Columbus through. And then in, like, the 89th minute, uh, Orlando got a penalty. (laughs) Yep. And they scored, and that that led to them winning the game and um, clinching the playoffs over Columbus. And then Columbus promptly fired their head coach immediately after. Yeah. Poor Caleb Porter, because... do do you do you agree with that? Do you think that they should have fi- fired Caleb Porter? I don't know how long he was there. Was I, this I, his second season? I saw no, he's been there for nine seasons, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Well, I saw a tweet from Taylor Twellman. Um well maybe he's maybe he's had nine because he was he was originally um the Portland head coach. In fact, I'm going to look this up. Caleb Porter. But All it... I know is that uh, supposedly he bet his house on them winning uh-huh. yeah. and making the playoffs, and then they didn't. I, I don't even know how that works. How does one bet their house? Like, who who is he betting? He his bet house? his house. I don't know. But, but everyone is just like, geez... The dude lost his house and his job. <laughs> Shoot, dude. So he um, he was the head coach for the Portland Timbers from 2013, so when they came into the league, to 2017. Um, and then uh, for the, the Columbus crew from 2019 to 2022. So um, Didn't they win the cup in like 2020? Yes, they did. So he, let's see. He, because it was something crazy that like he qualified like in his nine seasons as head coach in MLS, he went to the playoffs five times and then won the MLS MLS Cup like twice. Wow. Which is, I mean, that's pretty good if you know you win two out of nine. That's like twenty percent of your seasons you won the MLS Cup. That's incredible. Um, but let me see. I mean, I think if we want to talk about this, we can. (laughs) I think this is just a hazard of the job and potentially a problem in soccer. Well, all professional sports, but the reality is that, like, I think a lot of times... Coaches get fired way too soon. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be a very successful coach and just get fired. It's true. Because it, it all depends on expectations, right? Yeah. If, you know, people, the fans and ownership expects you to, <clears throat> I don't know, win an MLS Cup. And then 
you miss the playoffs one season, sometimes that's enough for fans put pressure on yeah. and and then ownership I guess feels like they have to make some kind of change and usually the coach takes the fall that's true right so like if things aren't as perfect as everyone thinks they should be then they say something needs to change because I want us to be better and usually the coach is the the one that takes the fall in those situations. Yeah. Which and I've been thinking about this with Pablo Mastroeni because a lot of people have been saying that they don't think he's the guy and it's way too soon for that. Yeah, we just opinion. we just don't know like we've given him one season and there were ups and there were downs. Mhm. But coaches have such a short leash in professional sports and especially in soccer. And you see this in all the leagues too. Like, yeah, you see in the Premier League, literally every single team in the bottom five of the standings right now, which they're like, not even a quarter of the way into the season. Um, but regardless, that all the teams in the bottom five, the coaches are on the hot seat. I think some of the coaches have already been fired, mm-hmm. because. You know, well, dude, not even it's not even the coaches at the bottom bottom five. Chelsea fired Thomas Tuchel after they lost, like they didn't get the start to the season that they wanted. Yeah, they lost like a Champions League game and a couple Premier League games. Yeah, and he was out of there, like it didn't even give him a second thought. Which now that Potter's there, they've been playing much better. So perhaps that was the right move but also they won the champions it, league yeah <laughs> under tuchel and then like six bad games and they're like all right you're gone mm-hmm. which it's just there there is no loyalty shown to coaches in this league that's and true kind of crazy to me because and i get being reactionary and i get the thought process of like this isn't working something needs to change yeah but whatever happened to just like writing it out you know i i don't know and anyways rant over and i'm just gonna mention the the official record of caleb porter so in 2013 he uh they the portland timbers won the western conference in the regular season so they have the best record in the west which was his first year as as head coach there. Mm-hmm. Um, then in um, 2015, they won the MLS Cup. 2017, they win the Western Conference regular season again. Um, and then at uh, the Columbus Crew, he, he won the uh, MLS Cup in 2020. So, like... For nine years of being a head coach, I'd say that's a pretty good record. Like, if, you know, if, like, I think everyone would be pretty ecstatic if um, uh, Pablo Mastroeni, his first year uh, being a coach of RSL, took them to win the Western Conference regular season. Yeah. Like, 
yeah i i don't i don't know if it's the the fact that these are quote unquote quote unquote bigger name clubs and they expect more results i mean i don't know if columbus is is a big name club but i i don't know well that that definitely factors in like you look yeah. at lafc they put so much money into their roster that like i said it's expectation yeah so everyone is like with the roster you have you should be doing great things every season yeah and and then you also take into account like you mentioned that he won the western conference regular season a bunch of those times mm -hmm. but if those teams then totally flopped in the playoffs that can completely flip everyone's opinion of a coach and then the narrative becomes well the regular season doesn't matter and when it when it mattered we flopped so yeah yeah but so like, that's I, how fickle it can be i totally understand that but at the same time i'm like oh what was what was i gonna say i understand the the fact that you know oh we win we win the regular season but we don't win the mls cup and that's what people care about the playoffs are hard to win Especially yeah. if you win the, um, you know, the first place team, like you were the first place team in, um, in in your respective conference, like that's that's hard to do. I mean, um, they don't call it the supporters' shield curse for nothing. It's it's true. Like, and and I'm looking at um, just the list of their seasons over over the years um because I, I didn't know this but greg burhalter that's he caleb porter replaced that greg burhalter mm. um and so so he 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 comes on in 2019 so i'll go back to 2016 they placed um in the east so they went ninth fifth fifth and then in 2019 when caleb porter takes over 10th and then third in 2020 that's when they won the um mls cup and then ninth so i mean it's not like it's not like he took over and they totally tanked and it's also not like columbus was you know they, they don't have like an impressive pedigree or anything like that i don't know man i don't i just don't understand it yeah it's it's interesting i i think i think you're right coaches get you know coaches are on the hot seat and when things don't go a club's way they are the first things to go yeah that would be such a weird job uh-huh because there are also a lot of coaches like high profile coaches like Thomas Tuchel just got sacked by Chelsea. Mm -hmm. You know that he's going to get picked up by another big club. Yeah, jo Jose Mourinho. Yeah, yeah, he gets hired and fired all the time. And but he just goes somewhere always... else. Pretty soon he'll end up in MLS. Yeah, so he probably won't have a hard time finding another job. No. You know? But it's just weird that teams would rather just shuffle coaches around constantly than find a guy and stick with them. I don't like 
I don't think that can be good for like the club as a whole if you're just constantly shuffling coaches. Yeah, I would think that too. But like especially if you've got like an a cat like if you're like RSL or Dallas or, you know, teams that have a good academy, like that can't be good for the development of your team. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't understand we did, it. We did a super deep dive there. We did. Um I I yeah. think it's okay. It's it's big news. It's our podcast, and we can talk about what we want. We can do whatever the flip we want, you stupid flippers. I will I will say, though, um, there is an example in MLS of a club that has stuck with a coach through thick and thin, and that's uh, Peter Vermes at SKC. True. Cause... A lot of people are like, why haven't, hasn't he been fired yet? Because SKC was so bad. Uh-huh. But they've been perennially good and then yeah they had a bad season are they gonna stick with burmese if we could narrow it if, if we could narrow down the blue bloods in the western conference who do you think they'd be seattle portland seattle portland galaxy Uh, probably because of their early years, yes. Even and then, though they've been kind of mid. And then last. somehow LAFC. Yeah, I mean they've only been in the league for so long, but yeah, you have to put them up there. I mean, it doesn't apparent. It doesn't matter to them how long they've been in the league because literally all they do is talk about how great LAFC is. Yeah. That's literally. But I think those. Those are probably the top four teams i don't know about blue blood though because the i think part of that definition of blue blood is that they've like the history now uh-huh. obviously doesn't have history because they're new but yeah know. i yeah i mean uh, the all of these teams except all the teams that we mentioned except for one were expansion teams so there's gonna be that yeah um, seattle's like the definition of of that though of blue blood yeah they've been at yeah. the top for a very long time not this, this is their year first ever season missing the playoffs <laughs> ever. yeah ever. that's insane get get that right get that in your head Rue snack and whatever that guy's name is <laughs> i forgot um, freddie freddie juarez yeah how does it feel um <laughs> They got their paycheck. It's but anyways, yes. uh, let's get back to back on track here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yes, those were some of the results. So that means that uh, in the West, you've got LAFC is the one, Austin is the two, Dallas is the three, Galaxy is the four, then Nashville, Minnesota, and us, seven. Yeah. And then in the East, barely got um, in. Orlando clinched the seven seed, and then everything else stayed pretty much the same over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, uh, seeding wise, Minnesota beating Vancouver means that we get the seven instead of the six. 
Um, LAFC lost to Nashville, but because both Galaxy and Dallas won, Nashville misses out on a home playoff. Big sad for Nashville. Yep. That's going to be an interesting first-round matchup. Galaxy-Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nashville has not done very well at home either. No. So it's like, huh, maybe maybe they wanted... Maybe it was all part of the plan to get But they beat LAFC. Yeah, they did it it just to say, hey, we're going to beat LAFC, and then we're going to beat Galaxy. They're they're collecting... um, LA teams, their heads. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's how the playoffs are setting up. Um. You can look up the brackets, but essentially, one the one seed gets a bye, and then two plays seven, three plays four, or three plays five. No, no three, three plays play six. six. Holy crap! It's hard. Long day at work. Numbers um, are hard. And four plays five. So if we beat Austin, we would get the winner of FC Dallas against Minnesota. Yes. Truth. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving on then to some news. Dax, do you want to talk about your surprise encounter? Oh, yes. So this was, this was on Saturday. Um, my my wife and I were down in Salt Lake because it was her birthday. So we went and did some things with her family. We went and saw Lion King the musical, which was very great. If you guys like musicals, um, costume design was amazing. Anyways. Not we're not gonna we're not gonna go do a deep dive into into Broadway. This is not a Broadway podcast. Um, uh, so we were we were at Target getting things. Just, I mean, girls like Target for some reason. I don't know why, it's a thing, but it is a thing. So we we're at Target, and we were just like I was just looking around while my wife was like looking at clothes or things like that. And I look in the self-checkout line, and I'm like, I recognize that guy over there in that self-checkout line. And then he turned, like, he turned towards me like, that's freaking Diego Luna. He was <laughs> in the self-checkout line at, at this random Target. And I'm not going to say exactly where, because I don't want to, like, dox him or whatever, like, tell you where he lives. Well, maybe he drove to this one he just drove to this random target just be- i mean you know that he lives around salt lake well yeah that's why i said we were in salt lake yeah it yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna tell you which specific one because i respect his privacy i guess better to be safe than sorry yeah so okay. we were there and i'm like and i'm like what should i do should i go like say hi to him and ba- basically while i was deciding what to do he got out of line and like went back to like go get something else and i'm like oh what do i do so i just i literally just like started following <laughs> through <laughs> through the store and I was, I was like walking kind of quickly to like catch up to him nice um and then eventually like i got close and i'm like like hey and he like turns around and i'm like are you diego luna 
And he's like, yeah. And so <laughs> I, I was probably really awkward. Cause like, I was like nervous and I didn't know what to do. Um, but so I'm like, can I like take a picture with you? So I took a picture of them. I have a selfie with Diego Luna on my phone. Um, yeah, you just texted it to me randomly out of the blue. Well, I tried to call you and you didn't answer. So then I just texted it randomly to you. <laughs> true. True. So you just, you just got, you got a message from me. It's like a selfie with Diego Luna and you're like, what the, what the freak is this? Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. So, anyways, I told him good luck at the game. Um, and he didn't he didn't play, so I guess he didn't get to use the good luck. If he would have played, he obviously would have scored a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why Pablo didn't put him in. Because <laughs> he had my, my best wishes. Um, yeah. How tall was he? He, 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 he was short. Yeah, he's short. He was like as tall as me. I'm like five okay, seven. as tall as you. I was like, was he shorter than you? I mean, I, let me look at the picture. It let's, looked like he was shorter than you in the picture. Let's I'm gonna see. be honest. Like a little bit. Like maybe like half an inch. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. I met Diego Luna at Target. Um, I guess it is close, but I think you're taller. Yeah. So, anyways, that was a little RSL miracle before the game. And it was just a cool experience because, like, you don't see that, you know. I I forget that these people are, you know, these players are just, like, regular people. And, you know, they have to go to Target and things like that. Um, but it was kind of, to me, it was just crazy that, like, no one knew. No one recognized him except for me. And or people recognized him and just didn't do anything. Man, I, 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 I mean, maybe he is, he is new. Like he's a less prominent member of the team. You're right, and and that's why I'm inclined to say that people didn't recognize. Him. Like if it was yeah. like Demir Krylock or or someone like that, like maybe but more he, people recognize him. He's also so recognizable with the neck tattoos. It's true. Like, yeah, it, I, I'm i going back and forth here. Like, to, to be honest, if, like, it was Lafelsund or uh, Bodhi Hidalgo that was there, I probably wouldn't have recognized them. Tate Schmidt. Tate, yeah, Tate Schmidt, like, Tate someone Schmidt like that. Like, he looks like every guy that goes to BYU. Every, um, just, yeah, every dude. Or, like, yeah. like uh, Gomez or Gavin Beaver, like, one of one of players that like don't really play like i wouldn't have recognized them but mm -hmm. since it was diego luna i recognized and you know i'd recognize like jefferson Savarino or someone like that but um it was just crazy to me how no one recognized him yeah and like that just it, it, it was just like whoa like this guy's like a celebrity to me and like no one else cares well, we are very invested. I know. I know that we're not <laughs> like the majority of the population. But he's a professional soccer you. player. I agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, no. I, I understand. And, like, especially him who, like, I mean, he was the largest USL transfer in its history. And the dude was just at Target and no one knew who he was. Yeah. 
It's just, it just blows my mind. I'm not saying that like people should, you know, they, they, they should, they should respect soccer because it's like great or whatever. Like, no, I probably wouldn't recognize some people on the jazz, but, um, I'm just saying size might play a factor too. Yeah. Cause I mean, he is young too. Yeah. But like an NBA player, even if you don't know exactly who you are, who they are, if you saw Gobert walking around a target, like you would look at him and be like, that dude's a professional athlete, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you could just tell. Uh-huh. No, he, yeah, he looked, I mean, taking, like, stepping back and looking at it from, like, a, you know, not a avid RSL fan, he looked like, you know, just some kid. Just some dude. Some dude who was at Target. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, very cool. Very it is, cool. It is very cool. Um, other news, uh, less personal news. It's per, it is very personal to me. <laughs> uh, Bobby Wood and Crylock are likely out for the entirety of the playoff. I've already said before, I hope that they stay out because I don't think it would do any good to bring them back now, but. You don't, you don't want Crylock to come off the bench in the Austin game and score We've already had this winning goal. Yes, we have, but that would be great. But I don't think it'll work. That it's way. not great for his career. Yeah, but they they probably. I mean, most the most recent stuff I've seen, they're still listed as out. So yeah, don't think they'll be back. And then Aaron Herrera was apparently injured for this game, the Portland game. So I would assume he's questionable. That would track, yeah. Um, so that's something to watch for. I mean, did we really need him, though? I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> I think Brody and Oviedo are playing are our best left, or wing backs, defensive backs, whatever you want to say. I mean... But I thought that was our best back four out there. It's kind of hard to argue. I mean, I think the I think Brody definitely needs to be on the field. Like honestly, he's one of our most creative attacking options at this point. And the fact that we use our wingbacks, we rely on our wingbacks so heavily. Yep. Kind of astounds me. Like one thing that they that the announcers said during the game, and I guess we're I guess we'll get. Unless you had anything to say, we'll get into like the actual no, the, game analysis now. The next thing was the game, so let's yeah. just jump right in. Yeah, so one thing that the announcers said, we had uh, Taylor Twelman and whoever that, that British guy is. Um, the Ron Champion, I think? Yeah, Champion, that's his name. Yeah. Um, Great last name. It is. But he, oh, so they, 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 because they didn't have Herrera and... Let me finish this. Because they had Herrera, they didn't have Herrera, they ended up going with the 4-4-2. Right. And what what they said, and I'm like, I'm like, this actually makes so much sense, is RSL plays almost like a, a 4-2-4. Like, the, they, they press the wings up, like, so far. Like, the, the midfielders press them up so far. So, basically, with, like, four forwards. And then the wing backs, you know run up and down and they're very involved in the offense um yeah yeah so 
we do rely heavily on our wingbacks for um, offense, basically. And Brody, both Brody and Oviedo have done a very they they did a very good job of that in the in the Portland game. Yeah, uh, Oviedo had two assists. In I mean, this one he made the team of the week. Yeah, and uh, Brody had a goal that was called offsides, but he was also very mm-hmm. involved. So yeah, no, I I think we'll do just fine without Herrera. I think he's a good player, but I think that Oviedo and Brody are both playing better than him mm-hmm. right now. So. Which is is also why I I do like the three five two because it allows us to have Brody Oviedo and Herrera all on the field at the same time. Yeah. Um. I think it's a more secure formation. The three five two. Yeah, this one, like, we looked good, but we were also wide open yeah. so many times, and Portland just didn't take advantage. It's true. But there there were a lot, like, there were times where, like, both Brody and Oviedo were pushed up, and we literally had, like, Ojeda sitting back there, mm-hmm. and then Vlad and Silva, and that's it. Well, like, so so wide open. One of the things that I noticed is there were times that like either like Brody would cross or Oviedo would would cross like they're in the offensive third, and the ball mm-hmm. would go all the way through, and then the other one would like r- reclaim the ball on the other side, and I'm like, our entire team is in the offensive third at this point. Yeah, like, it looked great because Portland was so bad, but uh-huh. I don't know if that's like. A winning strategy but so and, and and but i've also seen that with the with the three five two um what, what the the goal in the la game that was assisted by herrera like he still gets into the attacking third as a center back and we're just left with our you know two center backs although i think our yeah, um, well, that, he shouldn't be doing that i sure hope that pablo isn't coaching him to do that can i can i say that i think he is i hate that do you do you my in my honest opinion i think that he tells herrera that he can get forward but then tells whoever's playing the center defensive mids that they need to stay back that they don't get involved in the offense because how often do you see pablo ruiz like, up in the, like, offensive third, you know, taking yeah. a shot. I I think you're right. I think that's what's happening. I just don't like it. I, I don't like it either. I don't, I don't, I don't agree. We need some balance there. And, it, I mean, that's why we're so terrible at attacking through the middle. Mm-hmm. Because we just don't try to. Very, very reliant on our wings. Yeah. So, before we act, before we get into the uh, actual game analysis, I think it's worth mentioning that three RSL participants were on the team of the week. Um, we had Oviedo, and then Saverino also made team of the week, and then Pablo Mastreni was the coach of the team of the week, the manager. Let's go. Way to represent. And I just want—I wanted to get your opinion on that. 
because I mean, yes, Pablo is a good coach, but I'm wondering what you think in the Portland game what, you know, made made people think that he should be the the coach of the team of the week because if I'm if I'm being honest, I didn't see anything in the Portland game that like struck me as like oh that's like a savvy coaching move you know like i mean i agree but here's my counterpoint okay so right off the bat like you said the herrera injury we come out with the 442 yeah and i immediately saw ruby over bean in the starting 11 and i thought really and then i saw savarino on the left and Chang over Miram, and I thought, really? Mm-hmm. And that's not because I think Miram's a clearly better choice than Chang. I think I rate them about even. But if I were out there, I would have put Savarino on the right, yeah. and Miram is more comfortable on the left than Chang. That's why you're so not the head coach. It, well, exactly. That's why that's you're not the coach was... of the team of the week, Josh. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting, and then mm. I was surprised that we didn't see, like, Julio yeah. getting the start instead of Rubin. Well, I guess I shouldn't say surprised, because Rubin's been getting a lot of minutes, but Julio had just been playing better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw all those things, and... I mean, even not having Savarino up there next to Cordova, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that maybe we would have Cordova and Savarino up top and then have, like, Kang and Miram. I mean, that's that's what he's done the entire season We've up until this point. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I thought that was interesting. Also, another notable thing, this is the first game where we've had a two-man central midfield of Ojeda and Ruiz. That's true. Um, those two being paired together, and I thought they did really well. Dude, Ojeda had such a good game. Yeah. Yeah, so so I look at that, and Savarino, how'd he score his goal? Cutting in from the left, which I imagine is exactly the reason why Pablo put him on the left. Yeah. Um, you look at Hidalgo, one of the substitutes, getting a goal. His debut goal, by the way. So, props to him. And Loffelson, with the assist, another substitution. And it, it's I, th- I think to put in the, the Hidalgo, pers- like, put the Hidalgo sub in perspective, like, he was the first sub, if I'm not mistaken. He was in the first substitution window that... Pablo Mastroeni put out onto the field. It was him and Julio, I believe. I can check right now. And I remember when when that happened, I was like, we're putting in Hidalgo? Like, this early in the game? It was just him in the 58th. Yeah, it it was... Yeah, I, I remember thinking, like, why honestly asking like why are why are we putting him in when we had you know miram we had um julio diego luna we had all the uh, jasper lofts we had all these guys on the bench 
and Pablo decides to put in Hidalgo. Yeah, putting a lot of trust in the young guy. Mm-hmm. And but... I also thought it was interesting. We were comfortably in the lead, and we made an aggressive substitution. It's true. Rather than sitting back, like Pablo wanted us to go and score the third goal, the dagger, and kill the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, oh, and Rubin scoring a goal. That uh, That also happened? Yeah, so like... I honestly think Pablo got everything right, so yeah. And it was a big game, decision day, like when mm-hmm. you're in type situation, all the narratives you can think of. I think he deserves it. I think he did a good job in this one. So I there is one thing, and I want to get your opinion on this. There's one thing that I think that he could have done better. Okay. And... I think that he should have subbed off Rubio Rubin before Sergio Cordova. So in the 71st minute, um, he subs off both Saverino and Cordova. And then in the 76th minute, he subbed off um, Rubio Rubin. And the reason I say that is because um, Rubio Rubin had a yellow card. And I was personally nervous about him doing something silly and then getting another yellow, and then RSL has to play down a man for the rest That's of the valid. game. So yeah. I I was worried about that because like that was you know this is a playoff game and you don't want to play you know however however long with with you know at that point it was a two goal lead down a man. So yeah, I wish he would have done that. Instead of, you know, subbing off Cordova. But other than that, I mean, I think he made some some really good moves. Some really, really good decisions. Yeah. No, I think you're right. But they were only five minutes apart. It's true. But yeah. Um, so yeah, team of the week for those three mm-hmm. also jasper loffelson as a forward the dude is listed as a defender we've used him in literally every position that i can think of at this point yeah except Didn't keeper. we put him in for miram no we, no we put him in for rubin oh yeah 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 interesting yeah did I... we switch formations at that point no, I still because I still think we were playing a. I, so we just I, literally threw him as a, yeah. in as a striker. I'm pretty sure. It, it didn't look like we changed shape at all. Well, shoot! Now I need to go back and watch because that's hilarious. He was I up. It. I mean, he was up playing like a like a striker when he assisted the third goal. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, he. Pablo played these players, you know, in a different, you know, different than we've seen them all season. And it, and it worked out. Yeah. I, I was initially, so we've talked about the starting 11 selection already. Yeah. But I think that, so Loffelson being left off, obviously he's been playing really well and that's a tough person to leave off. But like, when you think about the substitutions we have, the options we have, Loffelson, 
great off the bench because he's high energy. Yeah. Julio, great off the bench when the enemy, the opposing team's back line is tired. The enemy. He's got his speed. And I know I said, I was like, <laughs> not really enemy, but. We want to enemy. kill them, the enemy. <laughs> Sorry. Keep um, but yeah, like Julio is great off the bench. Miram, super mm-hmm. crafty. He was really good off the bench last season. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Hidalgo is turning into, like, also a really great high energy. It feels like this team has so many high-impact substitutions. Diego and, like, Luna, I mean, we haven't seen much from Musovski, but he can also potentially be that. Like, yeah, I think you're right. Just, just thinking about the central midfield, like, of those three, I think Loffelson probably has the greatest impact off the bench. It's true. And it's unfortunate for him because I feel like he has earned a starting spot and I kind of feel like he deserves it. But I also feel like we have a better chance of winning mm-hmm. starting the other two, Ruiz and Ojeda, and then bringing Loffelson in later. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I think I, I mentioned this earlier that I think Ojeda had a really good game. But I mean, if you remember before saying... <laughs> what. When, we, when these transfers just happened, I remember saying, I'm like, yeah, Ojeda and Oviedo are not, like, the person that we want to see, like, the person that's going to have the most immediate impact is Musovski. And I'm just like, boy, boy, was, was I wrong. I mean, Oviedo has had such a good impact, you know, allowing, base basically warranting a formation change if you really think about it um and then ojeda has just been so solid in the midfield like i don't know man i was completely wrong on that saying that yeah they've both been fantastic and they've both had uh i don't know if i'd say immediate but like significant impacts yeah for the the tail end of our season and if if we don't exercise the option to buy ojeda from nottingham forest because remember he's still on loan if we don't exercise that option like we i don't know what we're doing that would be yeah no they will do that i i really don't don't say they will do it because then they'll find a way to not do it Jeez. i mean I don't know if he's quite DP level, but like, I'm I am genuinely to the point where it's like whatever they're asking, whatever we have to do, you have to sign him. It's the potential factor. Yeah, he just looks like everything we need. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, he kind of looks like what I was expecting from like a Quayar signing. Yeah, he's a very solid number eight. Not quite as polished. But uh, he, I, he, he's a more offensive-minded number eight. He definitely leans towards that. Yeah, but, but yeah, still really good. So uh, overall, really good game. We created a ton of chances. We probably should have scored more. Mm-hmm. Um, Oviedo did have the highest rating on FOTMob, In case anyone was wondering, eight point seven with two assists. Yep. Great game from him. Um, 
I was a little concerned over the lack of finishing. Though mm -hmm. we got all the positives out of the way. Here were my concerns. Yeah. With how dominant we were, <laughs> we should have won that game six or seven nothing. Like, you substitute us with Philadelphia. That's yeah. Philadelphia team playing against Portland the way they were. Uh, that would have been a six nothing, seven nothing route, you know? Yeah. Uh, we absolutely should have scored more, and it worked out for us because I thought Portland was absolutely terrible. I was shocked by how bad they looked. Yes, <laughs> they did not look. They did not look good. And so they didn't have Diego Chara, mm -hmm. which is a huge loss. So we do have to take that into account. But I mean, it was just like the energy levels, like we we outplayed them out effort efforted them well so so i think it's worth mentioning and the i think the announcers did a good job of talking about this they they the whole portland franchise is dealing with um abuse yeah, yeah with with the the women's team the thorns so um which i mean that's that's not great um no definitely not so that that could have played into you know, the lack of energy that that we've seen but i mean still it, it was not a good showing from from portland no um but yeah and then the other concern i had was just how high our wingbacks were pushing yeah. and how often they were doing that. Um, when like it I... works, it's great, but we could have conceded a few goals with how open we were. That's true. Like I said, we are so reliant on our wingbacks. I mean, you look at our highest-rated players uh, based on FOTMOB. You got Oviedo at 8.7, Savarino, and then Brody. Like, that's yeah. where all of our offense comes from. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, very, um, and, and I think you're right. It is concerning. Like if you, if you get a team that's good on the counter, like usually Portland is pretty good on the counter. Um, but if you like a, a team that that's good on the counter, will just completely eat that up. Yeah. Got to be careful of that. Um, let's see here. Should I throw some, uh, well, I guess there's really only one notable stat that I wanted to mention. What was the notable stat? The notable stat is that of the 14 teams in the playoffs, RSL has scored the least amount of goals. But see, that's about to change because Pablo Mastroeni is a crafty guy um as for <laughs> goals against we're about middle of the pack yeah um, but yeah playoffs anything can happen especially in this league like the playoffs yeah. are really crazy and so i guess let's just preview austin real quick sure um, 
they had a really fantastic start. They kind of tapered off a little bit in the middle of the season, and then... I mean, they, they still managed to secure second place, which, if you go back to the beginning of the season, I said Austin was going to be good, so I will take credit for that. You did. I remember that. Um, um, they have been good. They have they been good. still good. Sebastian Jerusi... He's, Golden Boot runner-up. He oh oh so okay yeah so it, did Mukhtar win then? Yeah, Mukhtar got it. So I mean, you got Jerusi runner-up to the Golden Boot. Um, Gite scored a freaking hat trick, second half hat trick against RSL last time they played. So that's oh, concerning. I had forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> but so I mean, RSL did play Austin fairly recent so i think that's a good like indicator of we we can look at that and, and draw some conclusions from that um that was a highly rotated squad though from us it's remember? true but if you if you remember rsl also controlled the majority of the game that was the first time we saw the um three the three five two yeah and luna got his start it yeah. i it, it looked very well like rsl honestly should have had one or two goals in you know the first 60 minutes of the game that's the story of the season though it's true but i i think this game it was it was particularly apparent yeah and then you know wolf that's his name i forgot is john wolf i feel like john wolf is his name josh wolf is the coach josh wolf yeah and he has a son on the team yes his name's John. Just kidding. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he he made good substitutions, obviously, and that just took the wind out of RSL's sail. So, as RSL goes back to Austin, I would like to see the first sixty-minute RSL, and not the last thirty-minute RSL. Agreed. And I think it's possible. It is. And I don't know. Like, on paper, they're clearly better than we are. Um, they just have more strength and less weaknesses than we do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, this team just has, like, that clutch factor. And we saw it at the end of last season... And they, yet again, it went right down to the wire, but we got the win. Mm -hmm. I I sure hope we don't do what we did against Seattle. (laughs) And just, you know, don't, not, don't, we didn't even put up a shot in that game and then win it, won in penalties. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to actually compete. Yeah, that game game was funny but let's never do it again because i honestly think that we can compete against this austin team i think it's possible that we beat them just on you know outplaying them i think it's also possible that we we lose but like i'm not gonna count rsl out of this game just yet yeah i think they've got at least a shot i i do too i definitely think we do it just feels like of all the lower-seeded teams, like, RSL completely, well, I can't be completely unbiased, but me attempting to be very mm-hmm. objective here, 
of all the lower seeded teams, I like RSL the best to win. Just because like there's just something about the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you look at, you know, Minnesota, Nashville, they've they've all been on, you know, like down downhill stretches. Well, Minnesota especially. I don't actually know about Nashville. Let me look at their record real quick. Yeah, the, Nashville's had it kind of rough. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and same with Minnesota. Um, RSL has also had it rough, but they looked very good in that game against Portland. So. Yeah, it'll be a fun one regardless. It's fun to be playing in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So. And let's be honest, there's not much that separates, you know, five through seven. There's not much that separates three through seven. Three at least, through nine. At least not this year. Yeah. So, eh, I'm, I'm going to, three through eight. I will not give you Vancouver. All right. Vancouver is 10 points behind Dallas. Fair enough, fair enough. They were close, though. Because if, if you're going to say 9, then we just have to include 10, because Colorado's also on 10 points. And then why not include 11, because Seattle's only 2 points behind them. And then you have Maybe to include 12, because Casey's only 1 point behind Seattle. Maybe that's what I was going for. So really, 1 through 14 are all the same. Really. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we got from this. No, they're not the same. They're just not statistically different negligible statistically negligible that's not true by the way i just wanted to say that four Um, through seven are all within three points of each other yeah and we'll leave it at that so what's your prediction then oh don't make me predict the thing um well you don't have to I'll, i'll give you mine yeah, give me yours, and then I'll base it off of that. 2-1 Austin, and we score late in stoppage time, and then put pressure, try and press to, for a goal to tie, but we can't do it. That's mm-hmm. my prediction. I'm going to say 1-0 Austin. Mm. I'm going to say Austin scores early, and we, you know, momentum shifts in our favor for the rest of the game. And by early, I mean like 30th minute. Yeah. Momentum shifts in our momentum. We're trying to get a goal and we just can't finish. Well, sounds like the RSL I know. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, if we if we end up beating Austin, then we, you know, play Dallas, most likely Dallas. And RSL historically has done well in Dallas. Yeah. And so, I do think that if we can beat Austin, I really like our chances in that second game, because mm-hmm. then the momentum starts building. And a, re- a repeat of last season, if you will. Exactly. A Cinderella if, story. If we can win that first game, I think we'll also win the second, but we'll see. I mean, let's be honest. Last year, we expected RSL to do. A lot, you know, we we expected them to n- not make the play. We, we expected them to miss the playoffs. They made the playoffs, made it to the Western Conference Finals. 
I mean, they're capable of doing things that we did not expect them to do. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, that, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else you want to add? Nope. Um, the right. game. I... Sorry, the game is on Sunday at 1 Utah time. It's a it's an early game. That is an early game. That's like eleven for you. Yeah, that's usually when I'm playing soccer, so I might not catch it live. What? You're not gonna watch the playoff game live? I mean, I guess I could. Are you miss are you even soccer. a fan? I don't. Mm. We'll see. Maybe maybe I'll leave soccer. Early, I'm just kidding. But... You can do whatever you want. I don't like watching sports past their thing because I feel like it's there's not as much like emotion in it for me, and I feel like I'll see the score after like when the game's done anyways. It just doesn't work for me. I prefer to yeah, watch things live, yeah. but you can do whatever you want. I mean, I prefer that too, but I also really like to play soccer myself, Dak. Well, uh, okay then. You can just go Take play that. soccer yourself. <laughs> you don't have a podcast about playing soccer yourself. Yeah. That is, I don't even know what I would talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Today I played soccer myself. <laughs> the end. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Uh, hopefully Arcel wins, and we will be back next week to uh, give our analysis of the game. And hopefully preview for the next one and if not we'll preview for the next season yep no we'll probably go. preview for the world cup that's probably what we'll do oh yeah perfect right after the mls season then. it's a win-win except for yeah. rsl if they lose <laughs> all right uh, we'll see you guys later yep see you